0: Be intentional about what you do daily so you can have an extraordinary life. You're listening to the Vibrant Leadership Podcast with leadership speaker and consultant Nicole Greer.
1: Welcome everybody to the Vibrant Leadership Podcast. My name is Nicole Greer and I am the Vibrant Coach. And today on the show today, I have none other than Raven Harris. I am so delighted to have her here today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the founder and CEO of Activate the Dream. So if you've got a dream, she can help you. Don't miss that. It's a leadership solutions company, and she works with people and organizations to enhance and elevate their leadership skills of both new and emerging leaders. And through her coaching experience, she equips high achievers with the techniques and tools to achieve both personal and professional success. Raven's goal is to help young professionals attach a reality to their dreams so they can thrive and not just survive. So please help me in welcoming Raven Harris. Raven, I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to have a good
0: time. We are going to have a wonderful time. Thank you, Nicole, for having me.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely great. And so um, you have a podcast of your own, right? So tell them the name of it and then everybody go over and like, you know, click on subscribe. What's the name of your podcast? Thank you so much for asking. It's Reset with Raven. Okay, fantastic. All right, so I love that. All right, so the first question we always ask Raven is, what is your definition of leadership?
0: I define leadership as impact and influence to make everyone else around you better.
1: OK, I love that definition. I love that definition because it's absolutely true. It's, it's just this idea of uh, making people feel good uh, so that they can go up the feeling scale and the pro- productivity starts to happen, right? That's fantastic. So I, I'm curious about this reset that you talk about. Will you tell us about your own reset story?
0: Yes, I like to look at resetting as the practice of pausing to be able to speed up. I am very fortunate enough to have had nearly a decade in healthcare administration as a career plan and as a career path. And this past year, 2020, really made a lot of things come into to reflection for me. Um, At the time, this a year ago, I was the interim CEO of an LTAC, which stands for Long-Term Acute Care Hospital, um, or commonly known as Critical Illness Recovery Hospital. And a lot of our patients are terminal. And with seeing so much death, sadness, fear, chaos, Uncertainty, it really made me start to think about: hey, is this the life you dreamed of? And you will one day be in one of these hospital beds. Is this the life that you know that you're called to be living? Is that are you living out your calling? And because um i am a lifelong learner and feel like i'm always up for a challenge i've made numerous resets in my career in my life and moving in different uh, geographical locations taking on new challenges in roles and careers so i've resetted numerous times and 2020 happened to be one of the biggest resets of my personal and professional life where i was reminded of my own mortality with so much going on in the world of course with the pandemic as well as seeing as you know a frontline employee seeing all that was going on and it made me think you know what it's time for you to pause to think about what's your next what are your dreams and are you living out your dreams and i knew i heard a clear no clear no that there was something bigger there was something different there was something more So I knew that I needed to have my own reset at the end of 2020.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. So uh, first of all, uh, Raven just said two things that are very important. And you know, I always tell you people to write things down. You're probably on a treadmill or driving your car. But anyways, uh, the two things that we need to to think about is she said, you you know, leadership skill number one, reflection. And she said, I've always been a lifelong learner. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I think it's so imperative to be a lifelong learner. So don't miss it. And if you're watching the video of this, you probably think, she was a CEO. She she is so young and beautiful. How could she have already been a CEO? Uh, but, uh, you know, pay attention. Uh, this gal knows what she's talking about in terms of leadership. Um, now, when you talked about your reset, it kind of took away these things. There's a pause uh, thinking about what's next. Uh, are you living your dreams? And then how do you figure out your dreams? So, when you know, you're a coach just like I am. Is that correct? I've got that right, don't I?
0: That is correct.
1: Okay. All right. Well, uh, tell me how do people figure out their dreams? Because I don't know about you, Raven, but one of the things I'll ask people is I'll say, "Well, what do you really want?" And um, they go, "I don't know." And so, h- how do how do we move people past "I don't know" to knowing? What 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 are some things we can do to help people figure out what they really want?
0: That common clarity question, huh? <laughs> the what? The yeah. what? I you yeah. know I believe that. Our dreams are something that have always been inside of us. It's something that typically started in our formative years. And when we were younger, however, we suppress them because some of them seem like, oh, well me, that's too big or that's impossible or, oh, that's wow. That's crazy. I could never do that. And if people remove the restraints, the walls they have up in their mind of what's possible. I think we know our dreams, but our dreams sometimes are so big, so massive that it's like, well, how do I get there? And what I work with young professionals on is really journaling. Journaling, I feel like there's there's no answers in the chaos. So taking time for that dedicated, quiet time. This is a daily habit that I think is super important daily quiet time to really think really just let your thoughts you know come in come out and 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 see what patterns as you're journaling what patterns continue to come up and for people that are like well I don't know I don't know I think journaling daily, you'll start to see patterns. And maybe one of the things that I'm I'm working with a client right now on is because they're like, well, I'm just so confused. I'm so confused. At the end of the day, very simple, simple activity. Write down what were your highlights for the day, no matter how small. You know what? My highlight was picking my kids up from school. My highlight was watching this really great movie. And and then also, to taking it a step deeper. Why? What did you enjoy about that? What did you enjoy about the movie? And I think oftentimes we don't go enough, we don't go deep enough of why. Well, why was this enjoyable? Or why does this movie enjoy me? Why does this give me fire, vigor? Why does this just like really make my my soul rush? And it's really that self-awareness, I think that is super important when you're trying to figure out what, what am I here for? What makes me feel alive?
1: Yeah, I, I think all of that. She just downloaded some serious genius, folks. So I always like to recap Raven. I'm so I'll just warn you right now. So uh, first of all, she said one of the one of the necessary leadership skills is journaling, right? And then she said uh, look for patterns in your journaling. And then she said, you know, look what gives you. Oh, I love this language she used. A soul rush, right? <laughs> So like deep, deep inside of you, something came alive, right? So uh, I think that's, and that's what Nicole Greer calls a vibrant life. Like when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're living a vibrant life. Um, And she said, that's what helped you do self-awareness, which is the S in my coaching methodology. So that's fantastic. Okay. I absolutely love everything that she just said. That's beautiful. All right. So when you think about um, getting people to do a reset, Um, You know, how do you take them through the process of doing the reset? So, I mean, you're saying on your own do journaling, but what else do leaders need to do to kind of get through that reset process?
0: Another thing that we do is a skill set inventory. What are you Mm. already great at? And this is something that I found we have to be very um, intentional about because there are skill sets or gifts that people have that because it comes so naturally to them, they overlook it. And that was a part of my reset as well. For example, I am a natural affirmer, encourager, uplifter. When I come into an environment we are gonna have a great time. like I want to and, and also too, especially in healthcare care, I always think about people are often if they're in the hospital, they're already at their worst. they don't want to be there. So how can we make this environment as soothing as enjoyable as possible? Almost like an oxymoron, an enjoyable hospital. I was like, no, we're gonna make this as great of experience for not only our team members, but the patients as well as their family members as possible. So I am, because I'm naturally encouraging uplifting, I didn't even see that as a leadership skill. I was like, that's just who I am. That's part of who I am. And at, in hindsight and after reflection, when I I think one of the reasons I was very fortunate enough to be able to promote quickly in my career path is that teams and and team members really gravitated towards that they were like you know what i know that if i work on raven's team we're gonna have a great time and we're gonna do excellent work That we're going to enjoy it's not going to be a stuffy environment and i know that she always has my back she's always going to make sure that i'm taken care of and that not only because i believe when you feel good you can do good work so i make sure that the team members feel good So for me, I recognize in my own leadership, experience and career, that was something that I did without even knowing it. And I overlooked it for years because that was just who I am. So finding that, I believe that's my superpower, superpower pulling out the greatness in others and helping them see that as well. So the skill set inventory is huge to that reset. Another thing too is the vision right? Where do you want to go? I'm sure, you know, our listeners have heard, you know, if you don't know where you're go- going, any path will lead you there. And one of the key um, components of my program that I work with um, clients on is creating a strong vision statement. And we always go back to the vision when you're having roadblocks, when you're having obstacles, when you're having doubt, when if you have a day where you feel like I just, you know, I, I, I missed the mark today, go back to the vision go back to the vision. Everything keys off the vision. And then a plan. What is our plan? And put some dates on this. Hard dates. And granted, you know, the date is an aim. You may miss it by a week or so. But if I believe that what gets planned and putting a date in place, what gets scheduled gets done. And then a sh- a sh- that's the the planning, the strategy, and then the execution on it. And I'm your strategic partner as well as uplifter, encourager and affirmer throughout that reset process because it's a process, it's a journey really to undergo a reset and I think another big thing when it comes to resetting it's a process of unlearning while it's learning new skill sets, learning to own your power, learning to be more self-aware, it's also to unlearning some of the things that were negative habits unlearning what you've heard from naysayers or or negative self chatter you know really clearing your mind of you know what that's not truth that that may have been someone else's experience but that's not the truth or my truth so that's the process that um i take people through Mm,
1: I love it. I love it. Okay, so don't miss this. Let's go back through it so you don't miss a lick, right? So she said the first thing that we have to do is we have to do reflection. Then we do a skill set inventory. So you gotta you gotta go to her website, make an inquiry, maybe she'll send you something or whatever. You could talk to her about it. Um, so tell us your website real quick in case somebody wants to jot that down. Activate the dream.com. Oh, and I love the name of your website, activate the dream.com. All right. So we do a skill sets inventory and I love what you said. Um, it's kind of like people have potential and they're using it, but because they're, they're not aware of it, it's still like there's so much untapped potential there. So I love that. And uh, don't miss what she said. She said, uh, if, if you make your people feel good, they do good. That's tweetable. You might want to tweet that out and put Raven Harris next to that, yeah, hashtag Raven. And, uh, and then she said, the next thing we do is a vision, right? So what's the big picture? And then a plan and then have some hard dates, right? So you got something solid to be working towards. All right. So that is how you do a reset. I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, and one more thing. She said unlearning. So letting go of the things that aren't serving you anymore and learning the new things that you need to do in order to get where you want to go. All right. Absolutely beautiful. All right. So I have a next question for you. And my question is, uh, what do you feel is currently missing from the leadership space? So uh, leadership. You know, it, it has absolutely blown up. There's all sorts of different styles that people talk about and things that leaders can do, uh, i.e. That's why we have the Vibrant Leadership Podcast. So what do you think is missing out there, Raven? One of the reasons that it
0: is my, I have a heart for working with young professionals is because I believe in a multi-generational workforce that Some of the young and new and emerging leaders get a bad rap. I'm a millennial, and I think that millennials often are not given the the credit that they they should be having. So when I say that, I think that one of the things that I love about these newer Gen Z millennial generations is that creativity, that, that innovation, that questioning. But why? Well, what does it look like if we do this? or I'm interested in that, or have you ever tried that? And I really want to see more embracing of new thought, embracing of, hey, let's try this a different way and that exploration and that innovation and that creativity. So I think that that is something our entire workforce can really grow and be uplifted from is really embracing the younger generations.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And um, I am, I missed, I missed being uh, a baby boomer by one year. So I'm really excited to tell everybody, you know, that I'm an ex, um, because, you know, I'm still young and hip that way. So, uh, you know, I go places, and people who are like me over 50, they throw the millennials under the bus. And I am the voice of reason all the time, because I'm like, well, first of all, I have two millennials. I gave birth to two of them. Hello. And they turned out pretty good. I mean, if Raven was my daughter, I would be so stinking proud, which I know your parents are so proud of you. So, you know, it's this thing of like every generation has its thing. I mean, we I I was like an 80s girl. I mean, we had our things we were doing that nobody thought was right. So every generation has that. But, you know, at the point where they enter the workforce and they have these really great skills that we're discounting, like you said, Uh, new thought, innovation, creativity. Oh my gosh, that is what we need today. That's the missing piece. We got to, you know, the thing, uh, this is the way we've always done it. That will kill a millennial in a second, right? Just that statement. And then they're out. And they talk about uh, disengagement in the workplace. That's when it happens. When when a person my age says, well, that's the way we've always done it and it works just fine. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. And it's like, I don't know, I got a wheel that'll go a lot faster, right? (laughs) I agree. All right, that's awesome, that's awesome. Okay, so I've got another question for you. All right, so here's what I want to ask you. Um, When you think about successful leaders you've worked with, um, you know, you talked about skill sets, but what are the most important skills? Like if somebody wanted to, you know, look at this huge skill sets list, but they wanted to hone it down, and maybe find a skill set to work on. What, what would you advise people? What, what would be the skill
0: sets they really need to master? I'm talking mastery. Effective, clear communication is what stands out mm-hmm. to me. I lived in Houston during Hurricane Harvey, and Hurricane Harvey was a category five hurricane. So, oh in our entire um, city, is inundated with water for five days straight and people are losing power we can't get nurses and and physicians into hospitals being able to communicate knowing how to put your emergency preparedness disaster management phone trees um, i mean when i tell you all different types of communication were used when this was going on, things that I didn't even know existed. And how do how do I reach out to the National Guard? How do I connect with the sheriff's office? What do we do to navigate within our company, within our team, within our hospital? And I believe the number one thing that came down to it was clear, concise communication of, Who's the point person? How do I connect to them? What do I need? And being also, that's another thing too, because people were pulled in so many different directions, for example, um, I lived in one county, I had team members that worked in another county, and then the hospitals that I oversaw were in three different counties, all within that's another thing too. Uh, Houston is made up of several counties. And there was so much confusion around well who's over this county or do I call the sheriff's department do I call the National Guard do I call the emergency hotline? it was so there was so much chaos, and I think. Having clear communication, clear channels of communication was what set effective leaders apart from ineffective leaders.
1: Yeah. And and so uh, I'm actually going to have a gentleman on the show named Patrick, who's going to talk about disaster preparedness. <laughs> and, uh, and so you might be like, disaster preparedness on a leadership podcast? I mean, it's a huge responsibility of a leader to, to know what to do. And it's not fun to think about. Uh, but it's really important. In fact, uh, I'll share with you, Raven, a little personal thing in my life. Uh, on Fourth uh, of July evening, my nephew's home burnt to the ground. He lives like in a brand new, nice neighborhood, you know, like it's a starter home. It's got a little family, you know, like a baby and two other kids. And um, they're putting out fireworks and the house. I mean, gone. He's living at the Courtyard Marriott and we're going to go take him shoe shopping this weekend. I mean, it's just the craziest thing. Like you don't think it's going to happen to you or somebody that you love. Right. And, uh, you know, the lesson of, you know, who you call the, the clearness it's, you know, a laminated document high up on the ceiling so you can get to it in the flood. Right. He, he lost his wallet. He, he, is having the hardest time uh, getting anything done. He has no driver's license. He has no birth certificate. He has nothing. So I'm telling y'all, this disaster preparedness is huge. You got to listen when I have Patrick on the uh, podcast. I, I absolutely love your answer to that. That's wonderful. Okay, I'm sure this so-
0: be a great conversation because it makes me think about just the pandemic when um, everything like went shut down and we were in lockdown There was so much communication coming from various sources, from the CDC was saying one thing, the WHO was saying one thing, the governor was saying one thing, the local health department was saying, and it's like you're a hospital leader and you're like, well, what's fiction? What's fact? What's the the policy today? And what are the channels of communication? Because everyone's calling the governor's office. Everyone's calling the CDC. I mean, just complete and total Chaos in the month of March, 2020.
1: Now, I know that's right. And correct me if I'm wrong. I remember seeing. I think it went viral. There was a picture of like people in a nursing home sitting, like with the water up to their chest.
0: Yeah, like, that's, that's what it was. Like. And you said, "Do you know what picture I'm talking about?" I know exactly what you're. I even know the area. So that was outside of Beaumont, which is about. 30, 45 minutes outside of the greater Houston area, but I I know exactly what you're talking about because I know the area. And to think that
1: we had our grandmas and grandpas sitting in the water, I mean, it was, I mean, I know it was a natural disaster of epic proportions, but uh, when I saw that, I mean, it was just, I was grieving, right? So crazy, crazy. All right, so Everybody get a disaster preparedness thing in place. uh, And then the clear, concise communication that uh, Raven's talking about. Okay, so uh, Raven, like me, you probably have had like an awesome boss, awesome leader. And you've had one that you're like, how did that one get in here? Because (laughs) it's not good. All right. So when you, you know, and I just always love this question because it's so important to kind of Look at that. Like what makes one, one leader a success and effective and one who stays on the struggle bus? What do you, what do you think is going on there? Kind of dissect that for me. Put your, put your thoughts around that.
0: So my thoughts around the, the, the ones that are leaning or on the side of the struggle bus is oftentimes they have IQ, which is intelligence quotient and they are lacking in two of the others which are eq emotional quotient and aq adaptability quotient how are you mm. able to adapt in different circumstances with different team members and just when things don't go as planned i think a lot of leaders may have like here's how i want things done here's the time something should start here's how you know here's how it should go when it should go So when it doesn't go that way, how do you respond? Because we're all watching. And I think that's something super important to remember as a leader, and I believe you can lead from wherever you are. People are watching to see how you respond under pressure, how you respond when things go awry. And that adaptability quotient to me is key for a successful leader and the the leaders that stand out to me, I just, I felt like they were able to navigate no matter what they were, what was thrown at them. They were like, oh, okay, we'll get through this. Here's how, here's what we can do from here. Here's what we can do from that. They didn't let that shake them. And even if internally, you know, they were their nerves or their anxiousness, they didn't allow that to show. They came in cool, calm and connected. To make sure cool. the team was oh, taken gosh. care of.
1: Cool, y'all write that down. Cool, calm, and connected. Oh my gosh, that's tweetable too. I love it. I'm stealing that shamelessly from you. I'm just saying. I'm going to tell everybody, <laughs> Raven. Tomatoes. Okay, I love it. All right, so uh, EQ is absolutely the thing. And you know, what I kind of heard in what
0: you said was like uh, the the leader that's able to reset. Absolutely. Reset, reset with whatever is thrown at and successfully navigate that reset.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So those are the the people on the, uh, the struggle bus. They need to work on their EQ and their AQ, which I love that. Okay, so so let's flip it. Obviously, the people on the on the successful side have EQ working, AQ working, and IQ. All the Qs going going. So, what else uh, does the successful leader have going for them? What what's what are the things you see when you work with these young leaders?
0: I would say relationships. I heard something just last week, and I am. A professional personal development junkie. So I don't remember where I heard it. So I can't quote where I heard it, but <laughs> it was talking about how oftentimes you'll hear B2B, business to business, or B2C, business to consumer. And they said, actually, none of that is true. It's H to H, human to human. Oh, and I love it. Yeah. And when you are a successful leader, I believe you have that human to human connection. And even in business and in relationships, it's people, it's how you are able to connect with people, I believe that really sets a ineffective leader apart from a highly effective leader. So relationships, to me, that is so key to being an exemplary leader. And the leaders that stand out to me in my mind, I felt like they went out of their way to make sure that our team and our organization and the people that were reporting to them, it felt like they did the most to make it feel like family. Like I, I again, I, I mentioned earlier, but I have your back. I have your back and I'm going to make sure that this is a strong relationship because when you have strong relationships within a team I think that is where you see that impact and influence to make everyone else around you better. They won't let anyone on the team fail. It's like, you know what? I I'll, I'll take care of this because this is my this is not only my peer, this is family. I'll make sure that I do my best because this represents the family. This represents the team.
1: Yeah, I love that. And you know, uh, the thing about um, uh, having somebody's back, I think it's it's the leader's uh, ability to want to invest. Like, stop doing strategy for a skinny second. Okay, it, the business is 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 humming. You know, it isn't stopped. You know, come over here and talk to the people that are actually making the biz hum, right? You know, doing those one-on-ones and and knowing their names and knowing their story and all of that. I think you're absolutely right. Okay. So I love that. Okay. So here's my next question for you. It is, uh, what, are the, what are the biggest challenges you think lie ahead? Now, don't miss what she just shared a little bit back. She's, like, she's, she's been through some serious uh, challenges uh, in tw- since 2020 and probably several before that as well. But if you were to like look out into the future and uh, you know, use your crystal ball, um, what do you think are the challenges that lie ahead? How can leaders kind of get prepped to take on the challenges that
0: leaders are going to face in the future? What comes to mind in conversations that I've had just in the past week or so with uh, friends is reintegration into the workforce. Uh, Mm -hmm. Many many people have been at home or working virtually uh, for the past 15-16 months and now we're going back into the office. What does that post-COVID era office look like? What does the environment look like? And I think there, people have gone through different traumas, people have gone through different traumas and how do we find, I think work-life integration is more important than ever. And because there are some people who have chosen not to reenter the workforce, there are people that are still there that now their workload is double and how do we make sure that these team members feel feel supported um, feel connected again? That's another thing too. I think virtually a lot of people feel like that you know I'm not connected anymore or they've transitioned into a different role throughout this time. And I haven't worked with these people. it was, it was funny. one of my friends we were laughing the other day. she was like, yeah, we started back um, around July 1st and it's this person I've been zooming with, for the past year. And I was like, oh, you you really exist. It's nice to actually see your face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that is a, definitely a, a big challenge that leaders are going to be, to be faced with of what does that new office look like again? Because things aren't going to be the same. And the world has gone through um, a reset. The world has gone through just Just different changes and challenges, and how do we make sure we reintegrate um, our leaders and our team members back into an environment that are also too psychologically safe?
1: Yeah, I agree, I agree, and you know one of the things that you you, you have to be careful about is like you know uh, long story short, uh, the Greer family, the entire family got together at Christmas, and we all got COVID. Nothing bad happened. And so, you know, you got to be careful that you don't talk about that in a careless way Mm -hmm. because, I mean, you'll be talking to somebody who lost their favorite uncle. Mm -hmm. You'll be, you know, they lost their grandpa, you know. So it's just being so thoughtful. I'm not going to say cautious because you need to talk. You need to work through what we've been through. But gosh, I think it's so important to be um, thoughtful about how you present your experience of COVID because you might have thought this, but like somebody had the opposite experience during the whole thing. And I can't even agree with you more about this whole thing of like coming back. And like, I, I've never even worked with you before. I I, I recruited a gal and uh, she went to go work for one of the companies I work with. And I just saw her on Tuesday for the first time live. I mean, we talked through zoom, I don't know, 12 times during the recruiting process and like when I came in there she's like I'm vaccinated and she just gave me a big hug because <laughs> I, I helped her get what you know a, a job that she just was so happy about so it, it's a different thing and so we're gonna have to learn how to do teaming again right and and bring everybody back together so doing some team building and things like that I think you're you're dead on absolutely correct. All right. So um, uh, this is a, my final question for you, Raven. It's the one I always end with. And so if you were mentoring a special single listener right now, um, and they thought, oh my gosh, how did this? you know, beautiful young woman, uh, have this amazing career. Well, you heard how she carried herself. So go back and listen to that again. Uh, but one piece of leadership advice would you give to that single special listener? Like if you could say, if nothing else, do this, think this, whatever. What do you think?
0: What I would say is be intentional. The young people like to say, make your your next move your best move. <laughs> be intentional about your relationships be intentional about how you even carry yourself be intentional about when you think about what you want for your career what what does that environment look like what does when you're interviewing what does that leader the leader that you feel that you would connect most with think about that know that so when you are in an interview you're like hmm that doesn't really jive well with my leadership style or my values and make sure that the actions you take they're well thought out and and you just never know how things may may pan out but I think as much as as much intention you can put in your career search as much intention you can put in your relationships as much intention you can put in your everyday work. I remember hearing a quote. I was listening to Mind Valley, and they say, Extraordinary days lead to extraordinary months. Extraordinary months lead to extraordinary years, and extraordinary years lead to an extraordinary life. It's what you do daily, and be intentional about what you do daily so you can have an extraordinary life.
1: Mm, I love it. So downloaded two more tweetable things, y'all, this whole extraordinary thing. Right. So I won't repeat all that, but that's tweetable. And then I also like what you said. You said, make your next move your best move. And you can only do that if you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I talk to people all the time. They'll get mad, sad and unglad at work. And they're like, I'm just going to quit. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> have, a, you know, have a plan. Think about what you really want and have an intentional uh, strategy going out there to do your job hunt. Um, Not saying that where you are isn't right. I'm just saying make sure you're in the right mind, do a reset as Raven would say, and get your ducks in a row and then go find what you really, really want, which is where we started. So we've brought it full circle, Raven, today. We've done a great job. Uh, So here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to tell people how to find you so that they can call you up and get a coaching session and learn from you. So tell us how to find you.
0: First and foremost, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know that this is how we met on the Vibrant Leadership Podcast, as well as my website is activatethedream.com.
1: All right, fantastic. All right, Raven, it's been so good to be with you. I hope you have a fabulous, it's Friday. We're doing this on Friday. So these girls working up to the end of the week. And so <laughs> we'll see you. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Nicole.